Are you ready to learn? Because my super experienced guests are ready to share some really valuable information. Make sure and listen all the way to the end to get help and support. So let's start with the best audio experience. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our show. Today we discuss about SEO, local SEO for uh, low firms. And I'm so excited to discuss this topic with Seth Price. How are you? Hey, doing great. Thank you for having me. Yeah, for me, it's a big pleasure. Uh, you know, uh, I love SEO specialists who pay attention to one specific direction because, you know, Jacob Full Trades, Master of None, we know about that, and it's hard to know everything. So, yeah, uh, I like your focus. Before we start, just tell more about yourself, experience, background, and why you decided to share with us about this uh, topic. Sure. Uh, my name is Seth Price. I am the uh, founder of Blue Shark Digital, which is an SEO agency focused on the legal space. Um, I am a lawyer by training, and I am the managing partner of uh, the law firm of Price Benowitz which I built for me and a buddy about 15, 17, 18 years ago into what's now 43 lawyers. Um, I built it with digital marketing because it's all consumer facing lawyers. So injury, criminal, family, trust in the states, all that good stuff that people need and used um, and, and used the power of the web to bring clients in. And about seven years ago, I said, hey, I can do this for myself. Let me do this for others. And we took our team which was just a handful of people at the time. And now, uh, you know, 80 plus another team in, in, you know, offshore, like it's, it's a huge juggernaut of probably 150 people that wake up every morning trying to figure out how to move the needle for our clients, about 250 law firm clients nationwide. Mm -hmm. I don't know if uh, in North Korea we have any law, you know, because we have a law uh, with this regime. But okay, uh, but these guys uh, applaud you. Uh, can you tell how it's important uh, to consider the parameter EAT, uh, expertise, authority, trust, uh, when we promote uh, websites for law firms? Because, you know, um, I think like, uh, let me tell you why I'm asking about that. 10 years ago, I had a team of copywriters who wrote about everything, all topics. Today, it doesn't work because uh, today, uh, I think it's better to cooperate with experts who know the topic, who can provide something new, valuable, interesting. Can you tell about the parameter EAT, Expertise, Authority, Trust, how it's important to create content with experts who exactly know about the topic? Well, look, it's funny. I was just talking to an agency owner earlier today um, who does everything but law and law it like the more you dig deep into a vertical there's huge advantages you get to know the players you get to understand the idiosyncrasies and the things that are affecting that's different so in law we have extra issues it's very competitive it's um, if you make a mistake it could hurt somebody's license and their ability to practice law going forward um, and so there are certain obstacles dealing with firms. Firms are not always rational business units. Um, until now, law, lawyers, you have to have a law degree to practice law, which is not a business degree. So everything else you want to be, uh, you know, you want to run a business selling books on Amazon. There's no degree you need. Um, mm -hmm. And so here you have a protected environment. And because of that, you're not necessarily dealing with, with the same business rationality as you would in other sectors. 
So understanding the personalities you're dealing with, the layers of delegation from a partner down to their marketing people, down, you know, down to the team, understanding those pieces important. So I think that in general, and I think this is true for both the law firm doing work as well as the digital agency, people do business with people that they know, like, and trust. Whether they see on a podcast or they meet you in person, all of those things are important in order to make sure that you you connect in some meaningful way. And so the first thing is somebody who gets you and understands you and is not separating the person making a cold call outbound to the person doing the work at the firm. And that's what's frustrating. We, you know, understanding from where I sit, having done it for myself, there's so much that goes into this that people who are just saying, hey, what's the price? which is true in all sectors, whatever widget you're buying, there's a difference between what's the lowest cost widget and what are you getting? What, is the, what are you buying? So somebody who says they do SEO, but they don't create any content or links, that isn't going to get you very far in life. And you're going to spend, people could keep saying, wait, wait, wait. Well, you're going to keep waiting until the end of time because it's not going to do anything meaningful. So I think that for me, it's adding the expertise, which is knowing what to do, Right. So the first is you have to do something. There are plenty of people that sell you air. We, you know, you have to differentiate that. Great. We're not selling air. Then I could tell you what to, to do, as I'm sure you could. The fundamentals of SEO have been pretty much in the same lane for quite a while. High quality content, authoritative links. One, two. We still have to code the site right. We still have to work with Google Local and get reviews. There are a bunch of things going on. It's not simple, but talking about it is one thing. Having a team to execute it is another. So you speak to somebody and say, I have a team of 10 people, and one's the owner, one guy's the sales guy, one person's the accountant, and two are the, the account reps that speak to clients, which means you have five people for the entire business doing any work for the client. And when that happens, I'm always skeptical because there's only so much that, that, that each person can do in a eight hour, nine hour workday. And so to me, it's, you know, making sure you're doing work, you know what to do and that you have the resources once you know what to do to actually execute for the client. Mm -hmm. Yeah, love it, love it, especially about resources, because I, I often see when the masters cover a lot more than having resources. For example, they're trying to create 100 pieces of content, you know, but it's hard, you know, when you have limited resources, it's, it's better to create a one page, two pages, a few pages, but with high quality content. Can you tell more about measuring quality of content? Because you mentioned about content that we need to create high quality content. Uh, can you tell how to measure the quality? How do I know that my content is quality? Because, you know, when I create any content, I can feel it's the best content in the world. But it's my subjective opinion. Yeah, because uh, I created. Uh, can you tell about creating high quality content? Yeah. Look, this is, you know, I think the first, look, there are some things that are sort of external. How many words are in it, right? You have a 250 word page of content, likely not going to move the needle for Google. So part of it is length and that's just, it's not just size matters because I want to go beyond that. But first is, you know, Google made it very clear, minimum 500 words there. If you're in a competitive market, we deal with a lot of competitive markets, those landing pages, it's, I think that the, the one of the interesting debates internally that we always go through is it's not just page count, which is a good thing, not even getting to quality yet, right? But page count's important. But if we're really concerned about quality, 
the standard of what quality is keeps moving. It's a, it's a moving target. What worked 10 years ago where your keyword stuff clearly doesn't work today, right? So you're not keyword stuffing. It's, do, is this a good user experience? If somebody reads it, does it make sense? Google is getting better and better. Their patents file all the time where they are trying to figure out how they can systemically through an algorithm tell whether or not something is good quality content. So the first is, look, if you have somebody that's not a native English speaker doing your content, there's a good chance it's not going to be great. Meaning there, there are, you know, the Google can now, I think, tell pretty well when something is native and when something is not in any language. Like it's getting to the point where it, it, it can tell grammatically what's going on. It can tell word count what's going on. It can tell thematically what's going on. All these different things. Um, there's always been debate about how much, you know, making sure that you are doing two things. You're making it so the algorithm and the bot can read your content clearly and know what you're talking about. Doesn't necessarily mean you have to say injury lawyer in every 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 sentence. It may be once a paragraph, it may be once a page, depending on how you, you set things up. That said, what would a consumer read? If a consumer is reading this, is this readable or is it nonsense? And the intersection of what the user wants and what Google wants is getting closer and closer to the point where we look at it like, if this is stuff that a consumer can read and understand and take, that is going to move the needle with Google long term. Could you fool Google with a page that's been spun, you know, through AI? I'm sure. But as Google gets more and more sophisticated, it is looking for the nuances of what is local and that there's always been the ability to sort of whether it's spam links in the old days or whether it's spun content, people are always trying to game the system. I have come to the conclusion for the larger, more sophisticated clients that we deal with, we don't want to game the system. We want every advantage for our client, but we want to produce a content that the user says, this is great because we know that if we produce content the user likes, Google will end up liking it. Yes, theoretically, you could get stuff that just Google likes, but I think that's a short-term uh, play and not a long-term success. Yeah, love it. Yeah, so valuable. I think it's not the time to game the system. Uh, yeah, 10 years ago, that part, and uh, I did it many times, but uh, Google, uh, you know, <laughs> provided a good job to lead in the right direction with many updates, uh, Pinguin, Panda, many others. So yeah, today it's time to share value to help others, support them. So yeah. I, well, I so you, you tell me, what are your thoughts? What are, what are your thoughts on uh, producing of, uh, of high quality content? Uh, I think it's better to cooperate with uh, top writers in one niche. For example, um, you know, like 10 years ago, I had a team of copywriters who wrote about everything. Today, I uh, have a team of editors who can edit content, uh, simplify uh, this content. But when I'm looking for uh, copywriters, uh, I don't use Upwork. I don't use many other resources. I search for writers who write about these topics. Uh, in many recognizable resources, publications, then I reach out to them. And uh, if I see it, uh, if their content provides good results like uh, engagement, uh, comments, uh, SEO traffic, uh, shares on social media. So, yeah, I can cooperate with them. It's better to pay 10 times more for these copywriters than uh, get like 10 pieces of mediocre content. Uh, it's my attitude. I and, look, and also when we, when you and I, cause we, we like, there are two worlds, right? There's fill mm -hmm. the beast, get the pages out, 
And then there's what the end user wants. Because we have lawyers that if yeah. my law partner, he teaches at Harvard Law School. If I gave him something he wrote last month, he'd rewrite it. So there are people that will never be happy. And I think there is a fine line between, yes, you want high quality content. And what some people call mediocre content may be crap. So I, it, it's like, let's, it's hard to talk um, apples to apples. But what I would say is there is a line between the, the, the high powered landing pages and what's needed there versus the support pages. And again, I don't want crap, but knowing that you have resources that are not limitless and you want to, if you use an American term with uh, baseball, you want a money ball and get the most value from the most pages and only spend on the free agent where you really need to. Yeah, 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 I agree with that. Okay, let's talk about creating the right strategy. Can you share how to find the right topics? For example, if I use HRF, SEMrush, any other tools, I can find a list of keywords, a lot of, a huge list. But um, I, I'm not sure that all uh, these keywords can provide results for me because of competition, because some keywords don't sell, uh, even if it's related to my main terms. Can you tell your strategy to create the right strategy that well, considers right. customer journey? I think, that, look, what you talk about is part of it, right? You want to use the tools. You want to see where traffic is. You want to see what's out there. At the same time, you don't want to check your common sense at the door. You know, to me, it, it, again, working with an end user of a law firm, what makes them money? Right. And even though there may yeah. be less search traffic out there, if there's traffic for something and it's a long tail search and you get an article on it and it monetizes, that can be very lucrative. So it's frustrating because on lower, you know, especially with local search, there may not be that much on something, but you want to be there when that search comes up. A and B, I think that, you know, uh, when you're looking at this, Looking at what doesn't make you money, I'll give it something. There's not a lot talk. There's not not a lot talked about this. But for example, um, one of the things that that I would say is, like for example, uh, I don't know if you have this where you're, they have red light cameras, both for mm -hmm. running a red light and tra and speed cameras. Mm -hmm. uh, that's 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 out there. Um, they're ubiquitous in Washington, DC, they're everywhere. DC's tax yeah. base dies and they're using this as a tax base. They're using this to raise revenue. It's crazy. It could be $150 a pop. It, there are no points associated with it. So you can't lose your license and your insurance won't go up, but it's very expensive. And people, you would think they're being sent to the electric chair with how upset they are when they get a speed camera ticket. They go crazy. Mm -hmm. So yeah. there's a lot, a lot of searching for it but it makes no money. So now how do you, so I'm using this as an example. You can write content on that and traffic, as you know, is a good SEO touch point, but you don't want to be, you know, you want to basically put in giant writing. This is for information. We can't help you with this. In fact, it's frustrating. We feel your pain. You want to get the search traffic and it's a good touch point for Google and people are going to sit there and read the information on the page. But there's a, there's a flip side that, is, that every once in a while, somebody gets mad that you can't help them when, when they call you. And then, then they, you ties up your intakes. You got to pay for your intake people. And, you know, and, and then you have an upset person. And I don't want that. I want to educate people. I've been on the news about th this issue, which is, be by charging so little for the ticket when I say so little, it's a lot of money, $150 is a lot of money to the average person, yeah. but there's nothing you can do about it because hiring a lawyer is going to cost you more. And the judges generally say, well, the ticket says this, so good luck.
right? Unless, unless you somehow figure out the machine isn't working and the amount of money it would take to prove that is much more than $150. So you, you have a systemic issue of it. So there, there are issues like, for example, uh, Virginia has a fund for birth defect cases. So it's generally a, statistically a very unlikely place that you're going to get great cases from it. So a lot of lawyers mm -hmm. don't advertise for them because everybody calls wanting their help and they can't necessarily help them because there's a fund set up to help them in the first place. And so what happens is that's, that's a very searchable term. And so somebody will come in, hey, I can get you Virginia. I can be top of the page in a week on Virginia birth defects. And, and, and it's like, well, great, but it's not going to make you any money. So it goes yeah. back to what should you be asking for? It should be what makes you money. And yes, you want to look at your tools and see what's out there, but you want to cross-reference that with where, because we're not doing it for our health. We're doing it to bring our clients success and get the phones to ring and make money and provide jobs and help the clients and all that good stuff. But we need to do that with not checking our common sense at the door, using the tools, but listening to what the firm needs and listening to the, what the firm hears in its frequently asked questions when people call in, when the lawyers speak to people, what is it in fact that they are looking for? And then trying to answer those questions so that future people that are searching can find those answers even better and be brought to you. I love it. Yeah, you remind me a story when one webmaster told me, asked about advice because he lost 400,000 traffic a month because uh, Google dropped uh, his website and he didn't uh, lose any uh, sales. <laughs> you know, so he, he had traffic irrelevant traffic to his specific products and yeah he didn't lose any no, no, so we just had a situation like this um we mm -hmm. we moved a website and it did lost tremendous amount of traffic and there was like, oh my god the sky is falling and traffic was down but their track their their money goes up week to week anyway and so it's mm -hmm. interesting that like if you lose a blog that doesn't do you any good the, oh my god the sky is falling but it may not really affect your revenue um yes. and that google's been giving you credit for a page that doesn't really make you money. The flip side is I've had pages that have just stuck. I had a page uh, for a Maryland injury term that for years was stuck positively and I loved it. Um, it was well beyond the authority that I had given it, but for whatever reason, Google loved that page. And when it does, you hold on for dear life. So there are times when you're sad when you lose the traffic, you always want traffic for other reasons. So I'm never happy, but I think you're exactly right. It's not talked about enough that when you prune a site, there are times you do lose traffic, but that, you know, you really look, one of the, one of the things we talked about is looking, is there a page that irrationally is getting traffic, not messing with it. And when you're pruning things, being careful of that, at the same time, when you make systemic change to a website to improve long term, there could be dips. There are times when it's worth it, but the question is, what is the client's uh, long term outlook? Yeah, yeah, interesting. Okay, uh, can you share your checklist? You know, for example, how to uh, uh, or step by step uh, methods uh, to optimize a new website. For example, if you got a new website, uh, your checklist, what you will do? I mean, like, I, I, it's, I, I'm happy to share with anybody uh, checklists that we, we have in writing, but whenever we get a website, we do two things. So let's say you said, hey, Seth, there's a site I'd like you to consider working with or I need help. You know, we use a battery of tests, as you know, nothing secret. No, I mean, it's plenty of tests out there that will test everything from your links to your content, to your local, to your title tags, uh, you know, agent, all the different factors. So we can look at a site and see its general health and looking and using some general metrics like a domain authority, a, 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 you know, 
checking to see where it competes compared to others in the market using third-party tools, right? Once you have that, then you could sort of put an action plan together to say, okay, we see weaknesses here. The content has issues. The links have issues. Uh, we're seeing some code things that we would like to improve. All those different things we put together. And then we come back with a plan. So, for example, on a new website, one of the things we do, going back to your content question, is we grade every page. Check plus, check, check minus. And the check pluses, okay, great. We're in good shape. The checks, hey, maybe we just need to clean this up reposition it, maybe look at the title tag, whatever it is, try to push those further. And the check minus means, okay, we have an issue. We either have to rewrite the page, really substantially change it, completely get rid of it, put something new, and or sometimes combine two pages. There are two 250 word pages. We could get a nice 500 word page. We don't want to leave thin content as Google, some of the algorithm updates have, have, have sifted for. And we want to be in a position where we're sort of we have an action plan. So the first is assessing. And then once the, the site is okay, now it's time to go. We basically look granularly. And one of the things that we see most often is site structure. People have all sorts of strategies over the years, some no strategy. Um, we, you know, there, and there are different ways of approaching it. For instance, in our world, uh, there's always a debate between um, going deep on locations versus going deep on an individual area car accident, truck accident, slip and fall, you know, all those different things down versus here are different counties, cities or, or municipality towns or what have you that you're going micro. And then within that, you're including those different things. And there are different ways of approaching it. We have ways that we think are pretty darn good and that we've gotten great success over time. But the idea is having a methodology and having something because Going back to our point earlier, you want something that the consumer can navigate through, but more importantly, for SEO, I need the bot to get through effectively. Yeah, these guys love it. <laughs> okay, let's talk about top mistakes. Can you share from your experience what webmasters still do, but it's obsolete, it doesn't work, it's like, I don't know, it's better not to do today. Well, look, I, I, to me, one of the things, um, again, and I don't see a ton of this anymore, is I, I, is the black hat stuff. It, it works. Mm -hmm. Black hat works, right? Spam works. Um, I, I play in the repeat player game. If you were saying, hey, I'm doing something for Halloween, I need this to work in two months, you might have different techniques than if you have a website that's going to be there for years and years. So I don't want to sleep well knowing nothing will, will wake up in the morning. I think that the lack of site structure is the thing that I'm always shocked at. Um, mm -hmm. Now, again, things work and occasionally there are dips when you do do a site change. Usually not, but occasionally that that is and that's always frustrating. Um, and I would say the biggest thing is the people working on a site aren't necessarily doing what they're supposed to be doing. And that to mm -hmm. me, if you're not adding content and you're not adding links, what are you, what is somebody paying for? I want to be able to hold my head high and say, we know what needs to be done to deliver. And especially given how competitive, right? We paid ads at the top. We have the map pack we want to get into. And then we have organic below that. Um, it's so competitive that we want to make sure that we take advantage of everything. And it just breaks my heart when you have people that come to me and they've been paying real money for two, three, four years or more. And they don't, they're, they're, you know, they have a domain authority of like an 11. I'm just like, that, that's nonsense. Um, and so I think that there are two schools, right? One where nothing's being done and the other where instead of 
um, instead of, you know, instead of nothing being done, um, it may be that it's just the, the techniques being used are not sophisticated enough. Um, and so we, we see that, but, um, like I got time for one more question. What is our, what is our final question of the day? Uh, my final question about link building. Okay. Uh, for example, uh, uh, you mentioned about domain authority. Uh, can you tell uh, how to choose the right strategy? Uh, because we have a bunch of link building techniques. Uh, uh, you mentioned about white hat SEO. Uh, can you tell how to find the right technique? Because uh, I often see when local websites um, uh, use strategy uh, and get links from uh, relevant websites, but from uh, different regions, you know, different states. Uh, Tell your methods that provide results. Well, I mean, look, I, I don't want to be this, um, you know, if you do things the right way and you're getting authority based on who you are and placement. And again, you're supplementing it. You're doing you're you're helping almost like digital PR your clients to get placement on different sites. That's great. If you're in bad neighborhoods, if you have like, you know, uh, you know, gambling sites and, 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 you know, different get rich quick um, th sites that are designed only for link juice, Google figures these things out. They figure out link networks and we're constantly mm -hmm. battling to make sure we, you know, when I say doing things the right way, you know, when you're when something is, you know, too good to be true, it, you know, buying a domain authority, placement for you know crazy high number for for cheap i mean it's i, I think it's again a, a balancing test you want to be aggressive enough to get results but you don't want to be putting your clients in harm's way by putting them in places that are a list of of nonsensical links uh you know when, look my my uh, my kids love the word cringe when mm -hmm. you feel when you look at something you say oh that that makes me feel dirty putting a link there probably shouldn't be doing it you know, you know, and it goes back. Remember the early days, if you've been online long enough, where like the um, blogger comments would be there and it would be like you'd be like, you know, just literally throwing three yeah. anchor text words into a blog comment. I mean, it was it was silly. And if it doesn't pass in law, I'll leave you with this. There's something called the laugh test. If you're in front mm -hmm. of a judge and you can make an argument without laughing, OK, to make the argument. If you look at a link and you just crack up. You probably shouldn't put the link there. <laughs> yeah, love it, love it. Okay, Seth, it's a big pleasure to get on my show to learn from you. Tell our audience how they can reach out to you, learn more about you, follow you. Look, I, I, a couple things. I, I love talking about this, as you can see. Follow me on socials. I'm on uh, Facebook, so I'm old there. Instagram, it's run by my person, so she'll tell me if you if you ping me on Instagram for you young people. Um, I, I'm Blue Shark Digital, B-L-U. Um, B-L-U, no E, sharkdigital.com. Somebody wants a, an audit, happy to do that for free. You want to ping me. Um, I, have a, um, a, I have two podcasts. One is the SEO Insider, where I have a bunch of famous SEO people and some not-so-famous SEO people that we talk to. Love talking. That's geeking out. So if you love if you love SEO, SEO Insider. And if you are building a law firm or any business, but we focus on law firms, the uh, the law firm blueprint is one that I have with my buddy Jay Ruane, where we banter back and forth about the pains of building a business uh, and all the trials and tribulations of running those and trying to grow and scale them. Okay, guys, you can find all these links in the description below. Listen to us on Apple, Google, Spotify. Thanks again for your time. A big pleasure. Love it. Guys, you need to follow. You need to listen to your podcast because you can see a lot of available insights. Okay, love you. See you.
Thanks for listening to this entire podcast. Please rank your experience in Apple, Spotify, Google, or any other platforms that you may use. Also, please share your ranking mark on chat at seotools.tv to get a special gift. We'll see you soon on other valuable audio podcasts.